On episode 37 of the Goblin Trashmasters, we take a look at Pioneer's ass waddling off into the sunset on our Pioneer Sunset episode. The format, much like Cavalier of Thorns, makes us hate to watch it go, but love to watch it leave. I'm joined by my partners in crime. Say hello, Ashley. Potentially defamatory content of this episode compels me to insist that the listener adds in in Minecraft to the end of every sentence that references beloved character actor Christian Slater. Say hello, Anthony. He did it, though. He did all the things I said. In Minecraft. In Minecraft. Yeah, whatever. In Minecraft. Let's talk some trash. Where's my karate trophy, Anthony? Ashley wants her trophy. I fucking ordered the trophy and it came in. Why am I ordering the trophy? I came in second place. Is 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 the third place person supposed to order it? I have no record. We didn't we this. did not determine that. <laughs> but I guess that's a rule going forward. Yeah. If you're real bad like me and you lose, you gotta buy the trophy. Yeah, you gotta also, buy the trophy. Also, you spelled my name wrong. I spelled your name exactly how I wanted to. That's not how Ashley. you that's not how you spell your name? No. Tell me the truth. Was it a typo and then you left it because you thought you were funny? Lol. Was there did a typo? Did you figure it out before? Was there you a figure... typo in there, Astley? I didn't I didn't notice one. Was there a, was there a typo in a- your trophy? Astley. Oh my god. Also, it's if like... it was a typo, he would never admit it. Yeah. No. There make be snakes. I have a there make be snakes shirt. There make be snakes? Yeah. Snack. There Snake. is there's a there's a there's a there's a pretty egregious fan fiction where one of the phrases is there make be snakes and no one is able to figure out what it was supposed to say. Like there may be snakes, but also that didn't make sense in context. They are making snakes, but also doesn't make sense. They make be snakes. The only time I can think of making snakes and being snakes simultaneously is the part from the Forgotten Age campaign where you become snakes. Yeah. We have become snakes. You become the Yithians. Yes. Oh, man. All right. So. Pioneer season is on its way out. We're bye about bye to move Pioneer. in. It was fun. Is that why this sounds like a funeral right now? I'm sad about it. <laughs> I'm sad about it too. I like this. Oh God! If we describe this format the way it got described online, this 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 die roll simulator format. You got to play first to win. Pioneer's so stupid. Yeah, don't don't believe people on the internet. There's no. no agency in your games. It's ridiculous. There's two decks. Well, as we know, I am the newbie kid. And uh, this new is kid my... on the block. I am the new kid on the block, but I dress cooler. Does um... Chinese food make you sick? What? What'd you say? Does Chinese food make you sick? That's a new I feel kid like on the I should answer. Song, right? <laughs> oh, it probably is. I feel like I should answer yeah. yes in that context, but the truthful answer is no. It's the from the song Summer Girls by yep. American pop group LFO. Oh my god, LFO. So bad. And he probably loves it. I think I might non-ironically like LFO. Wow. What it sound like Owen Wilson. Wow. Oh <laughs> wow. Well, I am the new kid on the block. And this has been my first competitive magic season. And we've done some update episodes in the past, but I thought it'd be fun to just go over like general impressions and in my intro to competitive play and things like that. So if you've all listened to earlier episodes, you'll know my intro to Magic started like five-ish years ago. I started playing Commander and I was not a very competitive player. I was there for fun. 
and social aspect of the game, which is not a bad thing at all. Not shading commander players here. We we love commander players. Take it or leave it. Commander has to exist for the game. Sure, We've talked about this before. Commander helps competitive magic, so it's still good. But yeah, as both of you have groaned about that and everybody else is too, I'm sure, I can I can kind of now agree with you. When you don't really have that competitive drive or that competitive spirit in the game that seeks to have one winner come out of any match, multiplayer or otherwise, it just causes contention, right? Yeah. Like, it mm-hmm. can... there it, It's feel-bads or something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think if the goal of if the goal of your game of magic is self-expression, then it's really easy for somebody to do something that prevents you from expressing yourself. And if the goal of the get match of magic is to determine a winner, then the match ending will always achieve that goal. Yeah. And I I'd argue for this reason I'd argue that the fun and social aspect of the game is more effectively served in the competitive space than it is in the casual space because I mean, just simply put I don't think you normally have to work very hard to keep people on task for something that's fun and engaging. And in these like no stakes multiplayer games, I feel like you have to spend like 50% of your effort is just keeping people like, Hey, it's your turn. Please do something for sure. And I, and I see that now, like even, even I'm at the point where I'm like, I look at commander and I'm what is happening here. (laughs) This is usually you're like snappy, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you, you have a goal in mind and it's quick and you're like, Yes, I'm time on the clock. I've got to work at this. And those things are just not effectively done in that way in Commander. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I agree. Like, I mean, playing competitively has always just seemed more fun for me. Like, I, I grew up playing sports and, you know, it's it's fun. And, you know, but the whole casual Commander thing is just there, there's no there's no end it fucking ends like there's no growth there's no like it's and people get mad at you when you play certain cards when you play competitively you're more social it's everybody is there for one singular goal you're there for one purpose and you meet people you have a good time and you're not really worried about other people like oh are they gonna feel bad if i play mono green devotion do you feel bad if i play Rakdos? it's like no there's like we're here to play magic it's a game it has to end there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser but that doesn't mean like stand over the table and be a toxic asshole and be like, I got you, motherfucker. Like, get wrecked, nerd. Like, you know, that's right. not, no, no, that's that's just that's just shitty. Like being competitive can't it, it has its stigma, but that doesn't mean it's 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 a bad thing all the time. I think being competitive is a good thing and it keeps you on track and it gives you goals for sure. And I think playing this format and playing one v one, it's taught me that. Right. It's taught me those challenges. It's taught mm-hmm. me the growth the what the competitive spirit can be right and i think sometimes like when people say they aren't competitive they say that because they don't like the feel bads of losing or causing someone else to lose and and i get it like nobody wants to lose i that and that was true for me in the past but like i think that mindset just robs you of the joy of progress of seeing Mm -hmm. the things that you can that you can do that you're capable of and we talk about this all the time but i've learned playing pioneer competitively you can change those feel bads into that drive and growing and learning from those mistakes and you actually see those goals be turned into a win as you've progressed through them despite your loss of a game or a match like that loss doesn't mean that you haven't learned something right probably means you have learned something if you're paying attention yeah because that's the real trick right to get better just lose a lot and pay attention Mm -hmm. and And i think that's 
that's another thing too like where you can lose you don't have those feel bads where you, you you use it as a learning experience as growth and where you're like hey i may have lost this match but i'm better than i was yesterday and that makes me feel good well and you take that and you look at it and you say what did i do right you you, you say did. what what was that yeah exactly what was that step what 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 lost me the game where did i lose mm. so that next time you can try to play that better or move through that better it's what's kept me going with this i mean it wasn't, with you nerds but be doing it well yeah you know and whatever randomness we talk about in between you know yeah. main topics well and i think that's a good example of what anthony was talking about that feeds the the social aspect of the game right all those things are are competitive players in the region like all that feeds into that community you know yeah for sure in episode 119 we covered the fear of failure yeah. which was oh, yeah. A fun one. It's actually one of my favorite episodes, if I'm honest. Some of our best nonsense is in there, but also it just, I think it was a real turning point for me. And I, I've fought fear of failure in a lot of things in my life, but competitively playing magic has helped me grow with that too. In other areas of my life, doing things like just confidently making plays, even if they're wrong, but understanding why they're wrong is important. But you know, mm -hmm. those things have applied to other places in life where I I take steps to do things well. Yeah, the fear of failure in my mind is all about the lead up to the failure and how you handle stuff after the fact. And the actual failing part is the least important. Mm -hmm. Did you do what you needed to do to put yourself in a position of success? And then failure or not failure happens. And then afterwards, you look at it and say, like, OK, how can I have done this differently? Those are the two parts that matter. A lot of times when people are really afraid of failure, they're only thinking about that part in the middle and they neglect the part before it and the part after it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also taking that plunge too because mm -hmm. you know, it's tough, but just you know, jump in the pool. Like you're going to fail, acknowledge it. But mm -hmm. like Anthony said, it's, it's how you lead up to it and how you view yourself. And the actions you take afterwards. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the best thing. If you beat yourself up, that's bad. But if you look, it's like, yeah, I failed, but this is how we get better. Because we always learn more from our failures than our triumphs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. It's, it's well, the best. It sucks, but it's the best tool to grow, you know? And for me, part of that was going to three RCQs that I was yeah. pretty nervous about. You and went to those like, by yourself, right? One of them was with Kyle. I went with mm -hmm. Kyle and a, and a group of us, but mm -hmm. the other ones I went, by myself yeah and that's, that's tough which is which is yeah it's tough it was hard <laughs> now thankfully because i'm gonna talk about our players in the region a lot in this episode but because we mm -hmm. have such a cool group like i saw people i knew a lot yeah, of them were people, super yeah. helpful mm -hmm. but like still going on your own and like yeah it's it's the before and the right when you get there it's the mm -hmm. planning for yourself to get there and mm -hmm. the drive alone to just let yourself like stew in that kind of like okay am I remembering everything I need to and all that mm -hmm. and then once you get there and you're like it's a new place and it's weird but once you're in it like I enjoyed it so much like I took my losses as challenges to keep going in the one in Cincinnati I was live for top 16 through round four <laughs> which is to me good. to me felt really good I I was floored I was excited and mm -hmm. if you had Doctor Who Timey Wimey that shit and told me that five years ago even two years ago, I would have been, I would have been laughing at you. I'd and never not just that. because dumb. you're addicted to I'd offer it to all your guests. Nope. Not just because of that. But yeah, I mean, all of that pushing past fears, going to the RCQs, 
are all progress. Yeah. I, one thing you mentioned there that like really resonated with me was specifically like the right after you get there by yourself, like I will oftentimes when I get into something like that, I like to get to those things early and I like, cause I know mm. I'm going to have to talk to people or want to talk to people and just like shoot the shit, get caught up with some people. But I know that last five minutes before round one pairs, I, I fuck off yeah. every time. Kyle's mm -hmm. traveled with me to a lot more stuff than you have. And I, I can confirm that, that first little bit, I will, I will go by myself and I will just like center myself and kind of shift my focus onto what I'm going to do. Just like kind of take myself through, put myself mentally in that seat at that table, play mat, dice, life pad, all that set up, shuffling, ready to go. And then immediately start thinking, what are my keepable hands? What are the hands that I'm automatically pitching? What am I looking for? And try and get myself into the mental game space of the game because it's so easy to overwhelm yourself when you get to those events and be thinking about people that go pre-round one. They're like, oh, what record? What records live for top eight? Shut the fuck up. Just yeah. I hate that shit. No, that does not matter. Win your games. Win mm -hmm. your games. Start thinking about top eight after. You, you start thinking about top eight after the fact. You, you worry about that later. But for now, you're not even going to have. I promise you, if your focus is on pre-round one, you're asking about like, oh, what's the record that's required to day two or do this or do that? People will fucking tell you over the course of the event. Your focus mm -hmm. should be on. You should be getting yourself into that game one match one headspace because I see, see I see way too many magic players go to these events think about all forest no trees <laughs> for like pre-round one and they come out of the gates limping and they play like yeah. shit their first match and it's that's just because they haven't mentally locked in yet so I think that you going there by yourself and doing that last little bit by yourself is good because that's a that's a habit that you want to get into yeah I would, I would definitely agree because it's the, the one thing I it's funny. The one thing I need to do more when I go to these events is and it might sound weird, but I need to not have as much fun. I need to mm -hmm. really just not yeah be laughing, having fun. Goofing. No, I'd be like, no, it's go time. Everybody leave me the fuck alone. I don't care if people think I'm upset, angry or anything. I really need to focus because when I'm like laughing, having a good time, I play like ass. I need to really get my shit together and really focus and just start basically doing what Anthony does and just fuck up 10 minutes before. And get, yeah. get in my zone because it's, it's beneficial yeah. when i've done that i've done better but yeah like competitiveness i think gives the game a whole new it, it, it's a fresh coat of paint for this mm -hmm. and also sorry ashley but it's one i think it's really hard to come back from like once you've played <laughs> in a competitive setting yeah. playing just like kitchen table doesn't like doesn't hit the same anymore yeah unless you're playing with like competitive players as well it just feels it feels way it feels way more like babysitting yeah. to be honest it's like playing or just having conversations with people that don't play competitively or as much as you do it's sometimes you're just like it's like nails on chalkboard and you're just like i'm sorry i don't want to be a dick but like oh my god can you just stop yeah i i mean i've noticed that even in just a little bit that i've done and like trying to go back and play a commander game i'm just like and and I'm a slower player in competitive, but when I'm looking at commander players, I'm like, wow, guys, can we please move a little faster? <laughs> that, that's Anthony talking. Y'all, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> You've done this. You've done this to me. I just think everyone should be respectful of other people's time. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I can't really not wrong. You know, <laughs> I think we enter into an agreement that we're going to spend X amount of time playing this game. And I don't think it's reasonable for one person to unilaterally decide that if 
you're playing a commander game and you've got two hours for it, that they're going to take 90 minutes of those two hours mm-hmm. and everyone else can share the last 30. Fuck that. But yeah, I, I cannot express enough how much of a gap in just like competency, confidence, and skill that I see in Ashley today versus what I saw in Ashley six months ago. Oh yeah. Thanks. Like it's, it is a, it is a fucking world of difference. It's night and day. I will, I'll bring up Arkham all the time, right? And it's something that I thought about recently was if, if Ashley has kind of taken a step back, like I haven't played a lot of Arkham lately. Ashley hasn't played a lot of Arkham lately, but I think that because it uses basically the same skill set as magic, it uses almost identical rules, except it's a cooperative game. I bet you that if Ashley and I sat down and played Arkham today, the difference would be so noticeable, even for Ashley. Because it's hard to tell mm-hmm. when you're improving, yeah. when you're so up close in it, when you're focused on nitty gritty things like this specific trigger happening at this time, Adeline combat math, attack, make a guy, trigger, lieutenant, recount my creatures. That's, you know, it can be hard to see growth when you're when you're that close. And the, the nasty part about it is, is that you need to get that zoomed in in order to grow. So the things you do <laughs> need to do in order to grow kind of preclude you from being able to see growth so i uh, my suspicion is that if we sat down and played arkham today that ashley would be able to immediately notice how much of a difference there is between her ability to play the game take her game actions make decisions Mm -hmm. make the make decisions that make sense and then execute those decisions in a reasonable at a reasonable rate of play i think she would she would be able to notice the night and day difference right i think so I'd like yeah. to give it a try and run with it. I think that'd be fun just to be able to make that comparison because I like another thing that that's hard for me as far as like being able to tell if I've improved is I, I can't always remember like play by play of every match in magic. Right. Like I can mm. I can pinpoint like some certain things that I did and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that that way. But then I can't like reiterate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, so, it's hard. Magic's yeah. a really fucking hard game. Yeah. And I like to I like to explain it this way with being so close to it that you can't really see your own growth is tough because like I watched Heather's not too long ago. And I don't know, somebody else seeing your growth is kind of like watching Heather's and then watching another Christian Slater movie like The Wife and being like, oh, my God, Christian Slater has gotten so much older. And, you know, I just finished watching Heather's and he's like, he's very much older now. And like, that's for me as an outsider versus like the chimpanzees that Christian Slater has chained to the trees in his banana farm that he uses that he exploits for labor they see him every day when he shows up to chain them to a new tree so they might not notice Christian Slater's aging the way I did because again like I notice him because I notice that change because I see the beginning and I see the present and nothing in between those monkeys that he's abusing both physically and for their labor do see him every day. So the changes are more incremental to them. He's just the he's just the ever aging face of fear for them. Awesome. Apologies to Christian Slater. I don't think any of this is true. So, wow, there's real there's no real segue out of that. So we're just going to we're just going to go with it. <laughs> you can chain monkeys to a segue, but I think their inner ear makes it hard for them to operate the machinery. Oh, my God. So improving. I wanted to go over some things that I think I've seen improvement in in myself. And the first one, I wasn't sure how to quantify, but I'm going to say that I am missing less triggered abilities overall. 
And I'm going to say that with the caveat of specifically mono-white humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We we chose mono-white specifically for me to work on this Mm -hmm. and look at it and constantly be hit in the face with the fact, am I missing triggers? Mm -hmm. And I was missing multiple every game, let alone a match. Honestly, when your starting point was like you would miss three to four triggers a turn. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty rough. And and I'd even do dumb things like tapping Adeline, who has vigilance. So that's yeah. fun. Anthony is glaring at me. Um, but I would say like I can count on one hand the amount of times I miss a Luminarch trigger or ones like it in a whole set of matches, like, like in a whole night. In a day, yeah. 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 Which is cool to see. Progress. Hey, I think l- little incremental progress. That that's like progress is still progress i think the i think the learning curve for this one is pretty sneaky kind of like for the chimpanzees on christian slater's coconut plantation right like (laughs) coconut or bananas there's two yeah there's two both both powered by chimpanzee labor Um, am i asking he expanded yeah so i think the learning curve is pretty sneaky because at first like you're not aware that you're missing the triggers the same way that these in some cases they've lost an eye because of the squalid conditions they're kept in visually impaired chimpanzees will miss coconuts on christian slater's trees and then as you kind of get better at it you will notice more you'll notice more stuff that you've missed as you notice more stuff that you've missed you you kind of you feel worse about it right because you're seeing more mistakes Mm -hmm. and you know that that means that you're going to get put into the hole and he's going to hit you with the garden hose right i might be mixing my metaphors right now and it's really really sad what's sad I, I think it's a good thing that you're getting better at triggers, but oh my god, it's like a chimpanzee's blood ended up drying up on the carpet of your coconut mansion home, and you've noticed it later, and you have to clean it up, and it's going to smell pretty rancid, right? If you had just left it there, it would be a problem, but you're not touching it, it wouldn't be as noticeable, but it always gets a lot worse before it gets better, you know? Yeah. Are you still stuck on the, the chimpanzee death? I'm trying not to look at him and not. So I say you keep going, even though it smells bad, scrubbing the simian brain matter out of the carpet, you know? Yeah. You just got to keep going. Yeah. I I definitely am going to keep playing magic competitively in another format. I didn't want that to get confused. Yeah, because nobody in here has ever been to Christian Slater's Red Room, and you can tell because we're alive and speaking to you. Like, Ashley, just look at it this way. Like, you know, you you did kill that dog and, you know, how you cl- cleaned up that whole mess, you know, it, it, it probably was pretty rough. She and didn't. She left it. the dog to die and left me to clean that up. Which... Oh, see, that, now it's just worse. Why would you do that? Why would you kill that dog? She, <laughs> she, that dog died and she immediately resigned from the scenario. And then I had to stay behind and finish up. At Anthony's direction. Don't blame Anthony. He's he not might, dog murderer. He might edit this out. But I just want it to be recorded for posterity. Also, I now very rarely miss an Adeline trigger. That's true. Also, for posterity, I don't think we're going to be allowed to delete very much from this episode because it is 100% going to be asked. It's going to be requested in discovery for the Christian Slater defamation lawsuit. Like, like this is coming up in discovery 100%. It'll be like, please, no edits, no cuts. Oh, God. So things that helped me learning these things, saying triggers out loud. Help doing me. doing mental math beforehand definitely yep. helped. Yeah. And Anthony glaring at me until I figured out what I missed. Just like that. Just and... like that. One. And I don't know where you're going. You're glaring at me like you did to help me understand what I missed. I don't know what I missed. You're the worst. I hate you. Oh, why do we do this to ourselves, Kyle? I don't know. I think we just hate ourselves. I think so. 
Yeah. The self-loathing is pretty much a prerequisite to be a member of the cult. I mean, friend group. Combat math exercises were a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anthony created this really cool thing. He made visual memory exercise that focused on combat math. So previously, I was going to combat. I would do the math over and over. And I was wasting mental bandwidth all the time. Just it, counting up damage, recounting up damage. Yeah. And so with this exercise he created, he, I would look at a board state that he had made. And we'd assign numbers to the cards, whatever their power value was, and do then do the equation instead of doing the counting, right? Just And then we would take that away, force me to remember, make that mental that mental map there, right? So that you're remembering... And then go through scenarios. Okay, remembering that board, what happens if X card gets removed? Or what happens if you play X card in main phase one before you go to combat or whatever? And it helped a lot. I went over it before, actually, interesting connection here, before the Cincinnati RCQ. And we did it. I went over it multiple times even after we went through it together. And it it helped so much, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend that. Have in in the social aspect of helping your friends get better at magic, I highly recommend do this. It it's great. Yeah, so that's like a concept uh, that's referred to as a black box approach. I, I think it's really good to do the arithmetic because it's faster than counting. Um, but if you really focus on the idea of a black box approach, which is you do something, some stuff happens inside of this black box. You don't know what. You don't care what right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's an output like you can solve for the black box like right you can say okay this current board produces 13 damage if I play this creature and it adds two power to the board it's going to produce 15 damage just not worrying about what the specific machinations are yet while you're just like comparing different lines just use that black box approach it's so good. Especially if you feel like you're having to recount stuff over and over and over. Because counting up your mana for a big mana combo deck or counting up your power for a creature combat math kind of thing, it's draining. It takes time. It takes Mm -hmm. energy. And then you've used all your time and all of your energy on just executing the text of the cards in play. You don't want to spend your energy being magic online. No. You want to focus entirely on the gameplay decisions. And unfortunately, in paper, the only way to be able to focus entirely on the gameplay decisions is to have the magic online handling triggers, handling rules interactions, stuff like that. Have that so down pat that you're not spending any effort on it. So you can spend all of your effort on the gameplay decisions that matter. Thinking of it now, it seems pretty simple to like, just do the math. Don't don't waste it. But moving pieces and things like that so many decision paths you just get lost in the sauce but yeah. i suspect that most adults are afraid of algebra yeah i am don't be afraid the, of the letters in it replace the letters with words and watch how much what we're doing day to day is actually what we're doing when we're playing magic is actually algebra right that's a good point oh yeah if you replace if you replace you could solve for x or you could solve for adeline's power that's awesome. Oh so god. much of what we're doing is secretly algebra. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my god, you're, you're so fucking right. That's cool. He was talking to two art-minded people and then suddenly just <laughs> artist abilities being the 
primary focus of our brains just it runs on a different wavelength oh, i feel sure. like for sure yeah, right I, i'm i'm a visual person like you yeah know, all, all that stuff like math and me don't really get together but i like yeah solve for adeline's power like that's that's awesome i love it that's just that's just, that's really cool like <laughs> that, that does help a little bit which is funny and it takes a lot of the stuff you're doing because i feel like when you there's the expression that like when you're boxing misses drain you more than hits do like missing mm -hmm. somebody makes you more tired than connecting a punch does and you could apply that to magic or to beating chimpanzees on christian <laughs> slater's property and yeah but basically when you are doing your combat math or when you're doing your big mana combo math when you're kind of doing that stuff and you hit that dead end and you're like oh wait i've lost it i have to go back and start over that's a miss you are exhausting yourself Mm -hmm. I need you to really close that fist and make contact with their tiny chimpanzee skulls on this. I need you to like, and if you do it in a nice, clean, systematic way, you can save yourself mental energy in the long run. Somebody say something before we I make another animal yep. joke. Like, All right, don't say anything. It'll be funny. So <laughs> no, hurry up. It's only getting worse from here, buckos. So we've talked about before. He has sex with the chimpanzees. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony. So I've also noticeably won more matches. Mm -hmm. And we talked about before, like, wins don't necessarily mean you're getting better, right? That's not 100% mm -hmm. on that. But yeah, it can. it's not one-to-one. -one. No, mm -hmm. not at all. But it can. It can mean that. And I think that for me, like that, that graph is tipping in my favor. More, more consistent wins. Yeah, and I think have... specifically it's you winning matches that, like, say two weeks ago you would lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I genuinely, non-ironically believe this is that the harder I work, the luckier I get. The harder you work at something, the more times you do you you something happens to you that you felt was just very lucky before. Like before, you're like, this is very lucky. Like where you just draw really well or, you know, you put yourself in a position where you top deck. You got to acknowledge the fact that the fact that you got to see that card very well could be because you played better the two turns before and extended the game long enough to see that card. Yeah. Or the fact that you got to see that card that bailed you out. You were like the turn before you're just like, I got to block like this in case I draw the collected company that can get me back in this game. I got to I got to play like this and just hope that the top card's a collected company. Block right. this way, I can still cast Coco. Mm -hmm. Then you draw the Coco. That's very lucky, TM, right? But if you had blocked with your mana creatures instead, you would have drawn the Coco and not been able to cast it. I think a lot of winning games of Magic is, for lack of a better analogy, getting the ball above the rim. Is putting yourself in a position where you can succeed where things can break your way. And if you repeatedly make the right decisions, you will repeatedly find yourself in those situations where you give yourself the opportunity to, for lack of a better term, get lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And when I say get lucky, I mean draw a fortunate card, not, not uh, you know, get lucky. I, I was trying to move past it. We'll never move past it. No. We never move past anything. I'm also starting to be able to assess when my skill set's a little higher than my opponent's, which is Oh, me. yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in a recent RCQ, I had set myself up to be able to Iganjo a Kroxa if they blocked poorly. They blocked poorly. Mm -hmm. The Iganjo was revealed information that they could see. And I was like, 
okay, here we go. And it, it won me that game. So mm. like I had made decisions that had gotten there and I was like, okay, well that was, that was something that I would have done on the other side of the table, you know, a few mm -hmm. weeks ago. And now mm -hmm. it's the table's turned literally. Also, I won a match against Anthony while he was playing Boros Convoke. And I didn't look him in the eye and tell him that I'm the captain now. You got to do hey, it next hey, time. Hey. Come on. <laughs> you got to do it. I was, but I was so focused on that match because we were playing so tight. I was like, I can think of nothing but what is my next best move or like my best next move, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you were really in the game. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like when you achieve victory, much like in the results of the chimpanzee uprising of 1998, you got your win, and then you got the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. I did. Don't look at him. Don't say anything. We were going to um, have to say something. We still have the rest of the episode. I know. <laughs> Come on. But also, I registered for three RCQs this season and went to two of them by myself, and it was a little scary. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was really great in a male-dominated format to just crush some people. It was really fun not to be yeah. like a, you know, Hell sore yeah. winner or anything, but like... It it was great. Some people kind of underestimated me, and I definitely used won. it to your advantage. Yeah. yeah, and also like I was just playing better, and mm -hmm. it it was just a nice feeling to be able to see that. I think that the actual registration part of competitive events is its own can of worms. Agreed. Um, yeah. it's its own skill set. It's related, but it's different from gameplay. And I think you might as well get those rough edges and those mistakes, your deck reg errors, your I don't know mm -hmm. that I was supposed to do this. How do I, I de like how do tiebreakers work? How does this work? Mm -hmm. Get those done while you're losing games anyway, while your gameplay is not to where you want it to be yet. Mm -hmm. Don't don't wait until you're happy with your gameplay before you go to events like this, because yeah. events like because you're going to you're going to hit some speed bumps on the registration stuff, just not knowing how that works. And. Playing against higher quality competition supercharges your progression. Yes. And just the variance too, right? When we're playing in smaller groups every week, like you kind of get used to the decks that people are playing or things like that. And the variance at larger events gives you something else. Well, I think we want to say variation here. Yeah. Variation. Yeah. The variation of decks. You're trying to say the nominal transformation of variety right yeah like a variety of decks yep okay yeah yeah because variance is yes. is randomness within the game so the variation of decks that you see changes and that's nice too you get reps against other player or other types of decks that you would might not in another way so yeah i'm also generally less afraid to lose a match of how people perceive me yeah, if i, mean, I lose it, that match i mean it's a big hurdle to get over like because sometimes you, just, you don't know how people are going to like how you're going to react to other people are going to react like the fear of failure and just especially big events like going by yourselves it, it it's it's tough you know playing magic is a hard game but just having all of the emotions that come with the game mm -hmm. can be very daunting you know in every aspect of it yeah i think that fear is such a weird motivator mm -hmm. because fear can cause action or inaction your fear is causing inaction, it's pretty much a universal negative. But if your fear is pushing you to work harder or focus more, then that fear might not be a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing where you are and how you respond to things can change how you interact. I generally, genuinely believe that failure itself is a positive. Hit those roadblocks early. 
hit them often and hit them face first. Yeah. Just run into that wall. Get those goddamn training wheels off. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you hit those roadblocks, you know you're going in the right direction. Because if you're right. having struggles, what you're doing is worth doing. And if you're not struggling, if you're not hitting challenges, then what you're doing is not worth doing. That's just the fact of the matter. Like, that's mm -hmm. just the facts of life for me. Is like, if what you're doing is easy, it's probably not worth it. It's probably not worth the time. You know you're going the right direction if things are getting in your way. Specifically with the way that we interact with this game, too. Like, we play competitively. We want to win. That's the main goal. We want to grow and all that stuff. If it's not hard, like you said, if it's not difficult, it's not, you're, you're not going in the right direction. If that hill is not steep, like, what's the you, point? What's the point? Yeah. Like, why, why even put all this work in? Like, it's yeah. going to be tough, but, you know, you, what, you know, running up that hill, you know, <laughs> it can be, it can be real tough. But once you once you get up there, it 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 feels great. Like yeah. when when you, you know, like it, you're finally experiencing that. Like all this hard work is paying off. I'm seeing myself getting better. I know I'm improving. It's tough, but God, it feels so sweet that victory. Like the 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 knowing that you're getting better. Mm -hmm. It's just such a good feeling. Let it be a spiral. Let it feed into itself. It's yeah. a good spiral. It's a good spiral. <laughs> it's a callback. It's a good spiral, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. Like it's one of those things where. If you're putting yourself in better situations, you're playing against better opponents and playing against better opponents makes it harder, which makes you which forces you to play better. And then playing better shows you more success, which moves you up in those standings and you're playing against better opponents. Mm -hmm. And you can just keep if you can keep that momentum going, it makes a world of difference. You can just supercharge your advancement if you put yourself in a situation like that. Definitely. And like, I have to say that. I see you taking things seriously. I see you making improvements. I see you like lasering in on specific things to work on and not just like broadly being self-critical because self-pity doesn't move anybody towards anything. But like being self-critical in a good way is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of self-criticism and I understand that <laughs> that attitude might not be <laughs> universally shared. But I'll tell you what, when I was uh, younger, and believed I was just waiting on my growth spurt so I could be as tall as my biological father, Carl Malone. Yeah, that was that was a lie I was told when oh. I was younger. Oh, what? Just like you were on that Jamaican bobsled team? Yeah, just uh, listen, what? I'm going to be totally honest with you because the Car the Carl Malone shit got me in a lot of trouble when I was younger. I legitimately thought I was uh, I was biracial. Oh, oh, no. Oh, OK. Not just Italian and Romani, but. When I say self-critical, I mean, like, I was waiting on the growth spurt. So I was, like, taking basketball really seriously. And, like, if I missed a free throw in a game, if I missed one free throw in a game, I would not leave the gym after that game until I made 100 free throws. Might be a little excessive, but I applaud the determination. No, not excessive. 100 you fucked for it up. one miss? Do it right. Yeah. 100 for one miss. Uh, one miss. That opens a whole new, a whole new can of worms. Um, Listen, I was very hard set. I was very hard set on maintaining my 50, 40, 90 status. I don't know what that means. It means you make half of the shots you take. You make 40% of the three point shots you take. And you make at least 90% of the free throws you take. You know, Jund. <laughs> oh, boy. Look, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. 
But I think being self-critical is fine. I think being self-critical, if you're doing it in a constructive way and not a self-pity way, is good. And I see that. I see you being self-critical. I see you say like, oh, see, the difference here is I fucked up. I'm terrible is just is just self-pity. I don't even engage with that shit. If I hear somebody say that, I'm just like, yep, you're pretty fucking bad. And I'll leave. But if you say I fucked up, I missed I missed lethal because after combat, I could have replayed this creature. And then I could have replayed this Bowmasters and dealt them the last point of damage. Because self-critical gives you a specific goal to work on for next time. Mm-hmm. Self-critical helps you narrow in on the actual mistake so that you can take that mistake and use it to help you learn. So, Ooh, I like, I just thought of this. Being self-critical is like being your own coach. And being self-pitying mm-hmm. is like being your own online troll. Yes. That's great. Yeah. That's absolutely mm. accurate. Perfect. Yeah. Miss one free throw in a game, make 100 before you leave the gym. No. If your fingers aren't bleeding, you haven't gotten enough shots up. No. Look, Anthony, I don't have all the time in the world. I have to go help out Christian Slater on his mango farm with with all of his new chimpanzees. The business is expanding, Ashley. (laughs) It's a growing market. Don't encourage him, Kyle. You're not my supervisor. I don't. God. You're not my monkey tamer. I feel like it sometimes, Jesus. Oh no! No, worth noting is the Christian Slater announced the the Christian Slater bit is probably not true. But however, there are some there are some farms that did get in trouble for using unethically using monkeys, chimpanzees to harvest harvest coconuts. People suck. Yeah, that's why that's why a bunch of people boycotted HelloFresh because HelloFresh used unethically coconut unethically sourced coconut milk because Ooh. of non-consensual I, chimpanzee labor i did not know that the more you know i don't think that's the more depressing the world gets that's not <laughs> non-consensual that's just slave labor of all right we're, we're getting there we're <laughs> almost there yep 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 okay of and, chimpanzees i guess <laughs> yep 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 and at which point you can't is it what would be the what would be the ethical way to employ animals not at all like not at all because to, not at all use animals for labor. Okay, yes, I agree. But why isn't there an ethical way to use animals for labor? Because they cannot consent. Oh, wow. came all the way back around. Hell yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ. Don't look at me like I'm Christian Slater in this. You're Christian. When Slater I blew in up this. a school, I didn't fail. I'm so glad we are not live. Bold of you to assume that I'm not editing that out. It's like you had to edit out Columbine. You have to edit that out. I'll probably bleep school. Anthony. Okay. So looking back on a productive and and beneficial Pioneer season, we have some review questions. Where do we feel like Pioneer is now versus when the season began all those eons ago? Because this was a long ass fucking season. It was a long season. Yeah. And it was it was exhausting because, oh, my God, Anthony won week one and then didn't get to play in anything. So oh. it wasn't a long oh, no. season for you at all. Well, it was a long season because I had to wait like three and a half, four months before I That's could play fair. in another RCQ. That's fair. I mean, from where I was at the beginning of the season, being new to the Pioneer format, I was so focused on one deck in its position. I probably am blind to most other things. But looking back, when I was playing Rakdos Midrange, it was a for- favorite of the format and well-positioned. Mm-hmm. But it's falling out of popularity now in favor of Rakdos Sacrifice Boo. I say that as a mono white player. <laughs> Old one? mayhem devil. Nice. Yeah, I don't like the mayhem devil. But overall, I think it was a little slower and it gave mono white a pretty good standpoint since it can go so fast. 
I think the format either has to speed up to deal with things like Rakdos Sacrifice, new decks need to happen, or current decks tweaked to balance it out. And I mean that simply in the way that so many Raksak decks are at any event now versus any other deck. Like sheer volume versus. Um, So Mono Green is the most played deck in the Pioneer format right now. Okay. Which I believe if we roll back to our beginning of the Pioneer format, Pioneer season, it was my prediction that green would be the best deck in the format mm-hmm. post post pioneer PT. It took a, a winding path to get there. And I can't honestly say that my faith in myself faltered at points, but I think I should from the beginning of this format to the end of this format, I learned the lesson that I'm never wrong. My God. And I really shouldn't doubt myself because I should just remember that when I'm doubting myself, I'm doubting a thing that I have said. And it's going to be true by virtue of the fact that I said it. And I think that's a really important and humbling lesson to learn. Yeah, also, hope- my humility is like through the fucking roof now. There's so much better at that shit. But I, I, I will also say, what deck did you play at the RC? The most recent one that you went I to? I said my faith faltered a bit. And I, did play, <laughs> I did play Boroskak. Oh, man. It, just, it must suck watching other people live your dreams. Yeah, I watched all these mono green players just <laughs> fucking playing horrible and stumbling their way through turns. And I'm just like, your opponent was dead three turns ago. Why am I not on this deck? We live but and really, we learn. I think the Pioneer format, I think we collectively kind of predicted that the Pioneer format would kind of scrunch down by a turn and that a deck would come mm-hmm. out, uh, some decks would come out that would kind of force the format down a turn. Yeah. And I believe that that ended up kind of being the case. Mm hmm. Is that the so it's still pretty linear, more linear now that Rakdos mid range has kind of fallen a bit out of favor, and it's 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 a little bit faster, it's a little bit meaner, and I think that the Pioneer format's in a really good place. Like, I actively enjoy playing multiple decks in this format. I think it's really cool, and I'm excited for when Pioneer season comes around again. I'm I'm kind of both feelings in a sense. Like I've really liked playing pioneer events i like the format it's mm-hmm. just I, i'm just still on the karn and fable i think need to be banned to expand the format a little bit more i'm agreeing with you on karn fable i'm kind of 50 50 on but i think karn is just karn is just one of those design mistakes like it's it's one of those war of the spark planeswalkers it's just too good and you know when people were off mono green or on it and you know boros convoke came around and then the pia deck like you know some new decks have come into the boom phrasing pioneer format and you know it's breathed new life into it you know and there's after the pt we thought it would be you know a slower format and then it went around did the opposite and became a faster format and i'm all for it there needs to be aggro decks but it's just Mm -hmm. it's pioneers just feeling more and more like standard that's really really powerful and i think that's a good thing in some sense but Mm -hmm. you know it's it's the same format a different flavor where like it's Rakdos Sack is on top, where Rakdos Midrange used to be. Mono Green's going from one to two back and forth. There's yeah. aggro decks, there's combo decks. It's it's all the same decks. It's just jockeying for different positions. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of lends us to the next question we have, which is how do you feel about Pioneer? Are you happy to put it to bed for a while? Are you going to miss it? I love Pioneer. I've enjoyed it. From a beginner standpoint, I think... The meta and common cards are were just limited enough that I mm-hmm. adjusted pretty quick. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a smaller card pool. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to miss it. I was just getting to the point of feeling confident with my knowledge and where I'm at mm-hmm. and liking like the learning curve that I'm on. So the switch feels a little bit like it's not starting over. It feels like it's starting over, but it's actually not. I know that. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how not starting over you are when you switch to modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it'll give me a whole new list of things to learn. So that's mm-hmm. cool too. Yeah. But I'm going to be happy when Pioneer's back, personally. I I want to go back to modern. It's my favorite mm-hmm. format. I missed it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've, I've always loved modern. You know, I've had times where I'm mad at it and times where I'm like, I, I love you, baby, come here. But like, I, I mean, end of the day, modern is my favorite format. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of need a break from Pioneer because, you know, the, like I, I love the format. Pioneer is super fun. It's just it's it's felt stale. And I'm just like, OK, here's the mono green matchup. Here's the mono white matchup. Here's the recto sack matchup. Here's Boros Convoke, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. I'm just like, all right, I, I need something else. And yeah. yeah, I think that's the delight of the main the main appeal of the seasons being rotated. Yes. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, even if Pioneer isn't your like normal thing, you play Pioneer for a bit, mm-hmm. and then right around the time like this was a long season, so like in a normal season, long. right around the time you got sick of it would probably be about the time the season would turn over, mm-hmm. and we'd be playing a different format. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it, and there's no um, Yogmoth in in Pioneer, so boo. I'm I, just kidding. There shouldn't be one. I so me for me, how do I feel about Pioneer? I love this form. I wouldn't say I'm happy to put it to bed. I'm. Um, kind of bummed that it's going to take a little bit for pioneer to be the focus coming around again because i've really i've really fucked with these play patterns in this format i really think they're very interesting and like iterating on them a hundred a thousand times it's still like i'm i'm still like finding stuff and like i'm still in awe of all of the cool things that are happening in this format so yeah, I, I am going to miss it. But as a testament to this season pattern that we have going on here, for the first time I can ever remember, or probably for the first time since 2013, 2014, I'm genuinely excited to play Modern. Wow, that's big. And like, and I think the, 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 the format-specific seasons make all the difference in the world here. Mm-hmm. Because they let me be far enough away from modern that I can look forward to it and also know that it's not going to be all modern events forever. Yeah. There's a beginning and an end. Yeah. That was the big thing for me was I was just, I would have so much, such a hard time getting hyped for modern because I knew that it was just going to be modern season forever, that every competitive event was going to be modern. This was the only competitive format that realistically existed. And while you might be able to find one or two events, you could never really get into a groove in another format. So next up, what are some of the skills you felt got super tested during this Pioneer season? All and C segment A. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you, Kyle? What were some of the, the skills that you felt got super tested here? Remembering triggers. I, I, I had it. I wanted it to be a focus going into the season. Mainly because I was playing a lot of Rakdos midrange. And as much as I love Shieldred, sometimes I would forget those triggers. And I made mm-hmm. it focus not just to remember those Shieldred triggers, but just triggers in general. You know, I played Rakdos midrange and I played Rakdos midrange and I played Mono White. And those are two decks, especially Mono White. And I had a lot of fun playing both decks, but I really felt as the season went on, like I, got, I played tighter. And, mm-hmm. you know, my record didn't really show. I had a rough go of it. You know, but I felt like I was improving, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I've had some things happen in my personal life 
that kind of given me a mental block over these past couple months, but working through it, all that, and trying to get back to just playing as tight as I can. And I think the starting of remembering triggers when I play magic has really helped me just be like having that be a focus has helped me move forward with pretty much all gameplay. Mm -hmm. The main skill that I felt was really tested was identifying holding patterns. And I think a lot of playing Monogreen and playing Boros Convoke both contribute to that. Mm -hmm. In that I felt really pushed to focus in on, can my opponent beat this? If no, don't put more stuff into play. Don't put more stuff on the stack. Because there were there were games that I've lost because I didn't need to add anything to the board, but then like pre-combat, I gave them a target for their absorb, which gained them three life, and then they were able to survive combat. Whereas if I had just said, okay, attack, it would have been lethal. And Mono Green, I think, is really good at testing that because there are times where you're like, I have the combo here. I'm not going to win with damage this game. And sometimes it's right just to attack and see what they do. See mm -hmm. if you can get them to burn any resources. And and like that one was a good one for like and really focusing in on the holding patterns on identifying who's the beatdown, who is winning here, who needs to act and who can just wait until the other person acts first. And there were plenty of times where on Boros Convoke also. I was in the position where my opponent needed to act first and I pulled the trigger first and would lose games or let my opponent back into games that I shouldn't have because they they needed to pull the trigger, not me. I was staring at an Atraxa and I was very, very wide on my board and I could have just attacked with all creatures pumped with Castle Embreath. They could have blocked, gained seven and still died to combat damage. But instead, what I did was cast chop down targeting their Atraxa and they had the stubborn denial for it. I no longer could Embereth. I couldn't win anymore. My opponent attacked me for seven Vigilance lifelink and the game was over. Focusing on stuff like that, I think was the big skill that I got tested on this this season. I'm really happy. I scrubbed I scrubbed that Simeon brain matter out of the carpet. It stunk to high heaven, but it was one <laughs> that I needed to do. And it got more unpleasant before it got better. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I like that you bring that up because like even more recently, I've been like focusing on that and just asking the question, like if nothing changes, who benefits? I've kind of had that as a mantra as I play games and it's helped a ton. I'm mm -hmm. just seeing like, who does this benefit? Like if I do this, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? If nothing happens, who's going to win? Who's going to benefit from that? And yeah, it's it's helped a lot. I've I've seen it in, in my gameplay and just I'm noticing more and it's it's been great. It's been fun. You know, to, mm -hmm. to really see that it's like that light bulb moment, that level mm -hmm. up moment and just seeing myself steadily improving and just being aware of it, too. I think just seeing it is is really cool. It's like when you actually notice it, I think that's a really, really great moment. All right. So let's say all three of us are qualified for the pro tour for a pioneer pro tour coming up. OK, based on what we've had for this season and what we know about the pioneer format, you're playing in the PT tomorrow. You have to lock in a deck today. What deck are you playing? I would still choose mono white simply because of familiarity. My that only, goes a long way. Yeah. My only fear with it would be its poor position against Rakdos Sacrifice, but I don't know that other decks have changed enough to truly push it out. So No, I don't think so. No. I, I think it would still be an okay choice for me. Mm -hmm. I think we know Anthony's an answer. Yeah, my answer is very easy. I'd pick mono green. I think it's the best deck in the format. I don't think second best is particularly close. And I think that it I think that it just has so many good matchups against the board. 
and its truly heinous matchups are like 35 40 percenters mm -hmm. and anybody that's playing a bad mono green matchup tm is gonna get shit on by Raxac. yeah which is like Dang. if you're playing the best deck in the format and the second best deck in the format eats all your bad matchups i can't imagine a situation where that deck is anything but the right choice unless it's you know something that you can't learn in time what about you kyle so it's the same thing with with ashley you know familiarity and i've played quite a few decks in pioneer and i just i just i want to play rakdos mid-range rakdos aggro whatever the hell you want to call it i, I it just comes down to the, rakdos aggro yeah yeah it's it's an aggro deck really like that's that's when you're winning the most games but to quote one of my buddies, Chris, I don't hate myself when I play this deck. Mm. So I'm I'm just going to go with this one. And I, I really like it. I've played it a bunch. And I'm just going to stick. I'm going to stick. Hey, hey, I love Shieldred. Look at Dim Legs. All right. So that, that all makes sense. I like that. All right. Who's ready for a guessing game? Oh, I'd go for a guessing game. I like guessing. And games. All right. We are going to do a guessing game all about the pioneer identity. Okay. Now, this guessing game is all about each of us picking one card that is legal in modern. It has to be legal in modern and is not currently in pioneer, but we think that pioneer could handle that card. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to see it in pioneer by next season. We can pick whatever we want. The only rule is that we have to pick a card that is currently legal in modern not legal in pioneer either through bans or just has not been printed in the pioneer legal sets and our goal is to make sure that our guesses keep that pioneer format all right <clears throat> did either of you pick fetch lands no no thank god all F right fuck them fetch lands I, I can continue speaking to you all this is great <laughs> all right are you ready to do a wheel of names and see who's going oh yeah, yeah. we got to do the wheel or else Christian Slater kills another chimpanzee. Oh, sweet Jesus. It's just not it's just not gonna stop. No, it's not, Ashley. What's <laughs> what's the fourth option? Wait, can I not? Yeah, okay. All right. Going first is Kyle. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, just as a reminder, this guessing game works where we each have a card, and we will try and get each other to guess the card's name by offering each other cryptic hints. And if we're stumped, we can always ask the guess E. The guessers can always ask the guess E yes or no questions to help us get a little closer to it. All right, Kyle, you are up first. Let's see what you got. It is multicolor. It would be the best two mana instant in my favorite deck in this form. Is it Terminate? Yes. I fucking love that card. And I think it would be fine in Pioneer. And I think it would be the most played removal spell in Rakdos. I'm inclined to agree with you on that. Yeah. I love me a Terminate. Terminate's great. I mean, they don't even have to put the uh, it can't be regenerated part on it. Just destroy a creature for R and a B. Won't even show the full name on the wheel. No. All right. We ready to spin it again? Yeah. Astley. Is it going to be Astley? I wasn't first this time. No. Oh, it's Astley. It's oh, Astley. it is me. Okay. This card is a one mana, one one. Is it what? Yep. Is it Champion of the Parish? No. Ooh, that was a good guess, though. That is a good guess. Is it a human, though? Yes. One mana, one one. Has it seen play in modern humans? You know, I actually don't know the answer to that question. It's okay. So, hmm, this is tough. This is tough. It's a white one mana, one one human. Does it have an enter the battlefield ability? No. Does it have a dies trigger? No. 
damn, there goes Doom Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have an activated ability on it? No, it is a triggered ability on it, though. It's a triggered ability that doesn't trigger when it dies or enters the battlefield. Mm-hmm. When other humans enter the battlefield? No. Does it sacrifice itself as part of the cost? The triggered ability has to do with casting. Does hmm, <laughs> it has to do with ha- when, when you cast something? An opponent. An opponent casts. Does it care when your opponent casts the spell? Yes. So oh, it gives you some bonus when your opponent casts a spell on your turn? Each turn, but yes. Oh, oh, is, oh, God. It's Esper Sentinel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Ooh, Esper Sentinel would be really, really good. In That'd here. be really cool. Yeah, I'd I think like it'd that. be fun in mono white humans. That, I think it, it'd be pretty fair. It'd be, yeah. It, like, I don't, I don't, it's just a very, very good card. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. overpowered yeah. for the format. I think that is a good i think that is i think that's a good choice i, I like I'd agree with I that really if like they that. did that i would be pretty happy all right let's spin it again oh and please stop on anthony up, please oh, oh it looks like the answer is one of christian slater's chimpanzee laborers oh unfortunately due to some corporate restructuring that guest unfortunately is unable to participate in the guessing game as they are currently being made into glue <laughs> that will hold together a counterfeit Nike sneakers. Worn by Christian Slater. Not Nike. It's Nico. Just do something. You're the well, worst. We... Did you just call me a bitch? No, I said you're the worst, but also oh, a bitch. I'm a bitch. A female dog, a.k.a. where puppies come from. Thanks. I'll take the compliment. Well, watch out if you're a dog. Ashley might get you. Oh, no. You, be- you better run. You better she's run. Gonna, she's going to Christian Slater me behind her <laughs> coconut truck for three miles. What will satisfy your hunger to blood kill lust. dogs? Your bloodlust. Your canine bloodlust. Nothing. Only simian bloodlust. <laughs> I refuse to be Christian Slater in that analogy. You're, when are you not Christian Slater in any analogy? You're the one who said you blew up his you're the one who said I was supposed to edit that out. I know. Oh, I'm not doing it now because it won't make this your joke make any sense. Just edit my joke out too. Nope. 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 Can't do it. It has been decided. It is decided. Please, please Chalupa don't Batman. leave it. Did you say Chalupa Batman? Uh, yeah. CB. CB. Chalupa Batman. What's Chalupa Batman? Shiva Kamini. <laughs> Somakanda Krav. Watch the league, so our jokes can land. If you need context for the jokes to land, are they really that funny? To us, yeah. A good joke know, should stand on its I've own. Had to la- the longer I've had to get to know you, the funnier I find you. At some point, we'll that, get to your guesses. <laughs> that is, you tried to make it sound like a compliment, but that was definitely it, a burn. How is that anything but a compliment? <laughs> it felt like a burn. <laughs> I am being victimized here. I'm not one of your chimpanzee laborers. I can't, you can't treat me like this. Give us your damn clues, Anthony. Cryptic command. Fine, I guess. Wait, okay, yeah, that was it. Oh shit, for real? It worked? Really? Yeah. Hell yeah, let's go. It was cryptic command. Oh my god. Okay, let me pick a better one. Let me pick a better one, okay? Because it was going to be cryptic command. This one is 33% better than a... I already don't want to allow this Than a non-casualty version of a card. Is it mana leak? Yeah. I, I, I love that pick. What? Mana leak. You it's got 33%. that off? Oh, you yeah. got that Non-casualty version of this card. Make disappear. The non-casualty version is mana leak. The non-casualty version is counter unless you pay two. Mana leak is 33% better than make disappear without casualty. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Because it counters unless you pay three instead of unless you mm-hmm. pay two. You, you got to teach them kids. Play around the mana leak. I didn't realize that casualty was the name for that effect. Yeah, I'm hyped. I would love to see mana leak in this. I would format. love it. I I, th- I think it would be great. Do you think the format could handle cryptic command? I think the so. mana is terrible. Yeah, okay. it's four blue pips. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Or three? three no, it's three. Yeah, it's yeah. three. Sorry, I'm thinking about invoke despair. But wrong color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stop yelling yeah, at me. Yeah, cryptic <laughs> command is blue invoke despair for sure. I thought you were supposed yeah. to be an art student, Kyle. I am. I'm definitely not old and jaded. Why am I becoming mean like Anthony? Because we hang out with him too much. I know. I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> say mean like Anthony. Huh? Because at least Anthony's funny. Oh, oh, stop the match. Oh, God damn. Fuck you. That's it. That's where we should end the episode. On me saying yeah. fuck you. Unfuck you. Yeah, bro. Do it. There's going to be a lot of chimpanzees. Yeah. Well, actually, there's not going to be a lot of chimpanzees because they're all dead. Oh, God. That's going to be the intro, isn't it? Uh, come on. That was 50% the of the episode. bit was like really intertwined throughout the episode. It's <laughs> yeah. actually, it's it's like Bank of America. The chimpanzee bit is too big to fail. Oh, thank God we're still recording that. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.